Welcome to the Run for PRs podcast. This is your host, Victoria Phillippe. The Run for PRs podcast was created to give away the secrets to transform your training to reach your goals. We ask all the expert run coaches and athletes the questions that you've been dying to know the answers to. We will get the inside scoop on what really makes you the best athlete that you can be. Have you ever seen a fast runner and wonder, wow, how did they get so fast? Well, then this podcast is for you. We are going to do a deep dive to reveal the secrets to reaching your potential as a runner. The marathon recovery process and the post-racing blues. We have chatted a lot about race day planning and the taper and all the training that goes into the race, but we have not yet chatted about the aftermath that may come after you finish the marathon or your big training cycle or big training block that you've been doing all summer. Many of you have spent the last three to six months really building and getting into the best shape of your life. You have spent hours every week doing long runs and workouts and pouring yourself into your training. You have made sacrifices. You've had a lot of fun and you've seen your improvements. The buildup to these races can be exhausting at times, but it can also feel really incredible to be getting in this really good shape and seeing all of your hard work pay off. There is a huge buildup that I think we kind of ignore as athletes. Um, The day in, day out grind, it builds and builds and builds to that race day or the end of your training cycle. And that one day, that one race maybe only lasts for a couple of hours, if that. Um, And it can just be over before we even know it. Uh, And it can often feel anticlimactic on race day, like, wow, such a big build for so many months, only to have, you know, a couple seconds of glory at the finish line. That was it. It's now over. And now we have to address some feelings that we might experience after these really big buildups and having such an amazing accomplishment at the end of it. Um, because it does kind of come to a screeching halt because a lot of the traditional advice out there is to take two weeks off after a marathon, take two weeks off after any training cycle. This is kind of the time where we are telling athletes, okay, now it's time to rest. And it can be hard to flip that switch and go from grind and train and sacrifice and blood, sweat and tears to all of a sudden, okay, just rest, just, you know, relax and recover And we're just going to dive into kind of what that looks like and maybe what it feels like as an athlete. And then also talking about why it is important to do that. Um, You know, because a lot of people, it it feels unnatural, at least for me. Um, So I can definitely, you know, resonate with people who they don't want to take the time off or it's difficult mentally to make that shift. Um, I have with me Jason Phillippe, who's a coach here at Run for PRs. He has a decade of run coaching experience. He's done 10 marathons himself, including the Boston Marathon twice. I have been coaching since 2013, so about seven years now. Um, I've ran 19 marathons, and so I've definitely had my share of post-marathon blues and you know, just experiencing the aftermath that comes after a uh, huge buildup and then just having to take more time off. And I've also made the mistake of grinding through and not um, taking rest and recovery and just experiencing what that can do to you further down the road because it's definitely 
has extremely negative impacts. And so it's just really important to kind of embrace this time and understand that there might be some negative feelings associated with what you're asking your body to do because it is hard to flip the switch from on to off. But it is really important for that recovery process because as we all know, it's stress plus rest equals growth. And so if you're not having that rest portion at the macro level um, where you know you, you work hard for six months, you need to have that rest. It's, it's almost like taking a vacation um, if, you, if you work. You know, it's important to have those vacations once or twice a year. Otherwise, you get to a point um, where you just feel stagnant and like, wow, I really need a vacation or worse, you get to a place where you hate your job and you just have all these negative feelings associated with it. And that's why employers really push um, to have like more of a work-life balance and to push you to use your vacation days because they know that employees are more productive when they take the time off because they come back refreshed, rejuvenated, and mentally just in a better state. So maybe you physically don't need a vacation, right? Like you'd survive without it. But mentally, where is your head going to be at a year or two from now if you keep missing your vacation, right? So the same is true for running. Um, physically, your body can handle a lot, right? Like we, we kind of understand that your body is used to handling stress. But what is going to happen mentally to you know your mindset and everything if you just refuse to take the time off? And that's really what's important to address here. Um, and I think a lot of times people just blow through the recovery and just don't don't take it seriously only to come out five years down the road and realize, oh my gosh, I hate running or oh my gosh, why am I so slow or um, just having these feelings of not into it and the passion kind of dies. Um, and I've seen that happen with a lot of athletes. So we just kind of want to talk about normalizing these feelings and then what you can kind of do during this time to not lose your mind. So Jason, um, I know your personality is a little bit different than mine. So when it comes to you finishing all the marathons you've ever finished, have you ever like finished a marathon race or like a huge training cycle? Maybe it was in college and you went to nationals or whatever it may be, have you ever finished a training cycle and then been told, okay, take some time off and you just be like, no, I don't want to take time off. Or is it, do you always feel restful? Um, do you always feel ready to like take the break? Yeah. I think the interesting part here is we're kind of two different personalities. Like you said, you struggle with taking time off and, um, I've always looked forward to that. Um, especially after a marathon, just because I know like, Hey, this is, you know, I'm usually pretty destroyed after a marathon. Like the thought of even running a mile within that first week sounds awful to me. Um, I look forward to taking two full weeks off um, and then just starting up again, kind of running off a of feel, whatever I want to do after that. Um, and, you know, it's it's interesting because it, for me, um, when I think back to my first couple of marathons where I would only do like one a year and it would be in the fall, um, I would rest probably all, I'd, I'd run in October. I'd take the rest of the month off. I'd rest in November. Um, I'd start running again here and there around Thanksgiving. Um, and then run just a, a couple days a week to get me through December. And then after the first of the year was really when I wanted to start being consistent again with my running. So, you know, for most people that would be like two to three months where they would consider that off from structured training. Granted, I only took probably three weeks to four weeks off of running. Um, but I still think that, um, 
you know, when I don't have another race on the calendar anytime in, in the future, I have no problem taking that time off and taking that extended break. Um, the few years where we've done two marathons sort of in the same, um, you know, a few month time span, that's been a little bit different for me because, you know, I knew I had to kind of get back at it. Um, we did Disney once and then we came back for Boston. And so I didn't take as much time off there. I probably took, uh, maybe a week and then, the time we did LA and then we came back with Boston, that was even a closer time frame in between probably eight weeks. Um, I probably took just a few days in between those two. So, you know, it was, um, it was hard to get out and do a shakeout run for sure for me. And it probably took me at least three to four weeks to even feel normal again. And that's why I just think it's totally refreshing to take the two week break. Um, I've always kind of been an advocate for that, but you know, the amount of time you're going to take off probably really depends on what you have, in the next few months. Like if you're looking ahead and you, you want to capitalize kind of on your fitness and come back and try to PR and a half, I, I mean, I get that. So your break may look different. Um, for me, there was times where I was just kind of uncertain about what I wanted to do. So I would enjoy the winter and then I'd relaunch in the spring and it worked well. Um, and I think it's, there's a lot of benefits to be had from that, especially physical, but also mental, just um, feeling recharged, ready to go. Um, so yeah, I think it'll really depend on kind of what you have as far as other races on your on your list yeah you know I think it's really interesting hearing you say that you always kind of want to take that break and I do think you know people usually tend to fall naturally in one or two categories right so there's either like the people who are super pumped to take time off like yes 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 and then there's the other, you know, category of people who are like, no, don't make me do it. I don't want to take it off or they just straight up won't do it. Um, just a lot of negative feelings associated with that. And I think even within those two categories, a person can kind of flip flop depending on, you know, what happened and all those sorts of things. So I do find it really interesting because I have gone on both sides of the spectrum. So I have been someone that refuses to take time off, maybe, you know, in my earlier years as a runner, but then I've also had the experiences of just being completely destroyed, like you said, at the end of a training cycle and just be like, I am so ready for this break. Like I am done. Um, I think after CIM last time in 2018, I did that at like 12 months postpartum and broke like a four-year-old PR, three-year-old PR, um, three-and-a-half-year-old PR which was really difficult for me to do um, just under those time constraints. And I think like it was just a lot on my plate and I just was done. Like when I crossed the finish line, I said, I'm done. Um, I didn't run more than like 20 miles a week until May of the next year. So again, like taking five months like completely off just because the sound of running to me just did not sound appealing. I did more biking, cross training, that sort of thing. And that was the first time I really experienced that. But I do also think it's interesting, have you ever experienced, you know, even thinking back to like college or times where maybe like you missed qualifying for nationals or something, was it harder for you like in the times where you maybe didn't reach your goals that season to take the time off or were you always just kind of like, okay, I'm going to take the time off now? Were you always just having that mature mindset approach to it or have you ever been on that opposite side of the spectrum where you're like, no, I don't want to take this time off and like maybe been a little bit fighty with your coach even if it was more in your head no thinking back I don't think I've ever struggled with the idea of time off I I I, honestly I'm just being real if I were to go back right now being the person I am I think I might struggle more just because 
you know, I see the big picture of things that I could do differently with training, like at the college level um, to get to the next level. But back then, you know, I, I was never, I was never someone that was in love with the training. I was in love with racing and competing. So I, I almost felt like I needed that break to just mentally recharge and get ready to like want to start training again. And so I had no problem taking the time off at the end of the year, which was May usually. Um, and then we actually had to start back running on our own. So that was kind of hard for me to find, figure out, you know, how am I going to be accountable to that? And I shared stories with Victoria recently about, you know, that the hardest part was figuring out the time of day to run as a young 20 year old, you don't want to get up at 5am and get your runs in. And if you're working at 7am, you're, you're basically running in the afternoon in the heat of the summer. So you're running at four thirty-five, six o'clock. Um, and, um, so I had no problem kind of starting training in June, July, August, running on my own. Um, and then we took a break that was only about a week and a half, two weeks in November to you know, kind of, um, that was at the end of our cross country season before track. So that, that was a much needed break. And then we really didn't break again until May. So for me, it was, you know, two, two natural breaks throughout the year. I looked forward to those a lot and I feel like I needed them just to kind of recharge um, get, get motivated again for the next season. Um, yeah, and, but I could totally see, you know, how if a season didn't go my way, I'd want to, you know, now I'd be thinking about what are the things I could do to really, you know, get better. And, you know, so my brain now at, at age 33, I'd go back and I'd probably do things differently. I'd, I'd spend more time maybe cross training or I'd experiment a bit with increasing my mileage. But, um, you know, back then I, I much needed that, um, not just for physical reasons, but mainly for mentally and emotional reasons, just to be able to um, look forward to the training again and the buildup. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that you said you've never really struggled with this because I was thinking, you know, maybe it's more results driven. Like if you hit your goal, like I did at CIM, maybe, you know, you don't you don't care and you're ready to take time off because you generally were, you know, reaching your goals. But I, I don't think you know, that is the case. I think there's something else there. And, you know, maybe a psychologist could help us, you know, undiscover like what it is about, you know, some people where they struggle to take the time off versus others like you, or you just really embrace, um, kind of that, that off season and you don't have any issue taking it. Um, I know like being on the opposite end of the equation myself, struggling to take that time off, it seemed to be like a pattern that kind of started right away in the sport for me. I know, you know, joining the cross country team with pretty much no experience my junior year of college, um, it it was like on the team, the coach knew who was going to be the people, like the four people that would not take the time off. Like he knew even though he said don't run, like he was like looking at three people. He was like you, you, and you. And they weren't necessarily the top performers. It was just like three individuals, you know. And the funny thing is, is they still – are really big runners to this day. And I think sometimes it might be just such a habitual like routine. Some people are really into their routine. They don't want to break their routine. Um, We have a friend who's had a run streak for over seven years now, and she, she doesn't even really like the run streak, but she does it. And I think it's, it's just become such a routine to think about not running um becomes really difficult because it's like whoa it's like almost going to the bathroom like you you do it every morning like brushing your teeth like maybe it would be hard for you to fall asleep if you didn't brush your teeth right like it's kind of like itching at you like you got to do it it's part of your day um so I think you know when you start talking about you know things like run streaks this is maybe why 
we advocate against that because it does kind of get in the way of your rest and recovery. And I think most people who have had a run streak or even the person I'm referring to has had a seven-year run streak will even admit um, that if she took days off, if she did allow for the rest and recovery, that she'd be a better athlete um, performance-wise. And so that's what I think is really interesting is, you know, a lot of these people who do train a lot and they don't want to take time off, they know that they're not supposed to be doing that. So even for me, the day is I've ran the day after a marathon before, um, several times actually. So not even just like an isolated incident. Um, you know, like I've done run streaks before and I knew it was stupid. And like, you were even telling me like, do not run. But at the same time, I was like, ah, just like, I just really feel like, you know, I don't know, you just have to go to work that next day and everything else feels so normal that to me, it just felt really normal to go out and run. But, you know, when you're out there, it's painful and it doesn't feel good. And like your body's saying like, stop, stop, stop. Uh, But your mind is so much like, no, this is my routine. And I think it's just like this battle between like your mind's letting go of that routine and like what you've been used to doing the last six months. And, um, you know, your body kind of fighting you and be like, no, I need this rest and recovery. So it can just be like a mental struggle. And I think that's the biggest part is turning off that routine and just setting yourself up for maybe a new routine. So in terms of, you know, creating a routine and then someone who has, you know, embraced the rest and recovery cycle so many times, what is something that you do to, fill the gap like mentally so obviously you're not going out on a run so what do you do instead of run like are you working more do you meal prep like what is what is the thing that you go to do to substitute like that urge to maybe want to run or what you would be doing with that free time (laughs) I think for someone that doesn't struggle with taking the time off uh, it's easy for us to fill our time like we may do a variety of things we may just rest we may watch tv we may cook we may hang out with friends Uh, we may cross train or go play a game um, something different and if you're someone though like Victoria's saying that struggles with it and you're looking for something to kind of replace that because you've ingrained it's become a habit it's part of your structure your routine then yeah, I definitely think you're going to need to find something that's somewhat kind of consistent. Um, you know, and I've seen Victoria where she'll, she'll go for a walk, like on her rest days at around the same time she would go for a run. So that would be something she would do that would just replace, um, the run. And there are, obviously you could, you could do some other form of exercise or activity. You could do yoga, you could do, um, you know, you could spend that extra time working or reading, uh, any other hobby that you have that maybe, you haven't just, you know, you haven't been able to do since you've got so much on your plate. Um, and so I think just figuring out like what it is, that's going to work for you and trying it out for a couple of days, see if, see if it works. Um, yeah, I think it's just going to be different for everybody, but for me, it may be different on each day of the week. It might just depend. I might just finally get to that to-do list that, um, you know, I've always kind of had in the back of my mind and slowly just pick one or two things to start doing each day. Um, and they may be things around a house or they may be little errands that I need to go places and pick something up. Um, it just really depends. So I think for me, it just allows my brain to really focus on the other things that I've maybe neglected during the course of the training um, that we can maybe make happen finally. 
Yeah, I think that's really important to note. Um, you know, when you're in a marathon training cycle, we talked a lot about how you're making all these sacrifices and it becomes part of your day-to-day routine. And, you know, the first couple of weeks or months that you're in a new training cycle, you might be, like, feeling a little overwhelmed. I know there's times where people, you know, get burned out and all those sort of things. And I think one of the hardest parts of marathon training is that you have to, like, learn to block out other things that might be nagging at you or other priorities like you're not going to have the time and energy to you know totally remodel like your laundry room or your kitchen and you know buy a new house or like any of these like things that are just are a mental load on top of you know your training um and maybe these are things that like you push to the back burner like I know for me um when I'm in the middle of marathon training getting my hair done kind of falls to the the end of the spectrum like I don't do that um sometimes hanging out with friends like doing more of like the social things can can sometimes fall um on the back burner um having those like relationships and that's really important and I think when we get to the end of the marathon training cycle we kind of forget about all those things that we push to the side a little bit say oh wow like Maybe I should go, you know, revisit. And I think it's important that for certain seasons of your life, like marathon training does maybe take more of the priority seat and the other things kind of come when when you have the time and energy. But I think when marathon training is over, I think it's okay to let yourself go, okay, it's time to flip that switch and make other things more of a higher priority now. So things that you could be doing, um, that maybe you weren't doing during your marathon training. Maybe that's taking that family vacation for a week or two, um, doing more of like the yard work that you've been putting off. You know, how many of us have house projects that we, you know, put off and put off, but now is maybe, you know, the time to be doing those things during your marathon recovery because you do have finally all of that energy that you need to get these projects done. So anything that you've been neglecting I think it's nice to kind of have a mental list going um because I can think of a million things right now that I would do you know if I had you know extra time and I think that's really important is to channel that energy correctly because I think sometimes we just get so into our routine that we forget that really what's going on is we have extra energy and we don't know how to use it so we're trying to just like use it the way that we know best, like go on my run, go on my run. But really it's like, okay, that's not productive anymore. So if you really want to reach your potential and be the best version of you, you have to act in a way that is going to optimize your performance, right? So it it makes no sense to go on a run after a marathon. You know, it, it makes sense to take an off season. And if you think about it for any other thing in life, like Let's say you organize your closet and you you finished organizing it and it's perfect and you did a great job. You wouldn't go into your closet every day when it's perfectly clean and organized and be like, oh, but I need to organize. But it's already organized. And so that's kind of how at the end of a marathon training cycle, it's like you already did the thing. Like now's the time to just kind of rest and let let other things kind of take over um, and then you'll revisit your your training and, and build back up to something new but you can't sit there and like force something to happen that isn't able to happen because there's really there's nothing more to be organized in the closet right like it's already done so I think focusing on the other things you know clean out your garage 
organizing the files in your computer, doing yard work, baking, meal prepping, um, meeting a friend up for coffee. Maybe, you know, you kind of drifted apart during the marathon training cycle, whatever it may be. Um, meeting with an old colleague, doing networking things. Thanks for your career. Uh, meeting up with friends for drinks, um, getting an oil change. You know, maybe someone else put that off. Uh, getting a tune up, getting your hair done. There's so many things that you could be doing, um, you know, instead of running. So just like running down the list of, is there anything that I'm putting off? You know, even going to the doctor, like how many people put off going to get their annual physical or like their pap smear because, oh, I'm too busy. Well, you're not anymore. So get the things done that need to get done and, and don't put it off because I know a lot of people fall victim to this, myself included. Um, and I'm not a procrastinator, but I just know how immensely it can be uh, if you kind of put it off even for a month. It's like, oh, now I have to go revisit this. So just do the hard things that um, maybe you've been putting off and it'll actually help you in the long run because it'll fill your time. And then before you know it, you'll be back to your running again and not doing all the boring things like you know organizing your garage or whatever. Um, so yeah, Jason... Have you ever um, had an athlete where they just like 100% like crush a race and then they wanted to like keep riding that high or do you typically find it's more like if someone has a bad race that then they want to, you know, keep going or is it just anyone can fall victim to this mentality? Yeah, I think it really depends on the individual and, um, you know, obviously... Every, everyone's different. They're on their own journey and it's going to depend on like how, how many times they've done the marathon and um, how the race went for them. Uh, but I think for some, it, it could make them more likely to want to kind of keep training and to shorten the, um, the window of rest if the race didn't go their way, um, especially if they have another race kind of on the horizon that they would like to go and target. Um, they want to try to just rest for a couple of days and get back at it. Um, and so, you know, that the, the challenge there, especially if they race that marathon, it's you'd want to make sure that you're coming back very carefully. Um, you want to minimize the risk for injury and burnout for the next race. So we want to help them obviously come back, transition back to running very, very slowly and safely and conservatively. But um, so, again, I think that'll depend on the person. I have had runners who have crushed it and they have no problem taking time off. Uh, others want to sort of you know, they'll take a couple days, but they want to start, um, thinking about the next one just because they're riding the high and they're thinking about running another full PR or maybe trying to capitalize on racing a different distance and running a PR in that distance. So, um, I think it's just, again, it depends on the individual. Um, but I think what's hard for some people is just, you know, they, the race is over and then a couple days go by and they're like, well, now what? Um, and so like Victoria was saying, if you're not if you're not consciously thinking about other things that you can do to take your mind off off the running, then you're going to drift back to, oh, I need to sign up for another race or I need to start running again. And so that's why I think that we really need to be diligent about what it is that we're shifting our attention and focus to during that time off. Yeah, I think running can be a great way to like see progress happen immediately before our eyes. And so it can be you know, really addicting. Like someone has a good race and they want to keep riding the high because they're like, whoa, I just, you know, had an amazing thing happen over the course of the last six months. I got faster. I feel really good. 
Um, and then running is like so addictive because you can like see the times. And I think for a lot of people, it's like, that's huge to be able to see that like a year ago, like you couldn't do what you could do today. And that like progress can become really addicting. And I think, you know, as more experienced runners, like you being 25 years of running experience almost, it, I think that, you know, that novelty like wears off a little bit. So you don't feel like the same growth when you go out on a run that maybe some of like these newer runners, you know, if it's your first 10 years in the sport, like it can just be so addicting to like see the progress. And I think, you know, even for myself, I got really caught up in that mindset and, you know, I'd have a good race and not want to take time off because I was like riding a high. And, you know, it was at a time in my life, I think, where my career was kind of at a standstill. Um, You know, I think about when I ran my best race was it more like that season right before that I was at a job where like I was basically ceiling, like I couldn't get promoted. I couldn't take on more challenging tasks. I was like at a union job. And it was like really redundant and boring and I didn't feel challenged at all. And I think we all kind of reach that point at some, sometime in our adult life where we are like, is this all there is? Like, I'm not feeling challenged. I didn't have any kids. I was like a young 20 year old and I just had like a lot of um, ambition and I wanted to like put it somewhere. Um, I hadn't started my business yet or anything. So for me, it was like a way to see tangible progress. And I think that's really what got me going. And I think a lot of other people can probably relate to that. Um, you know, if you've been at a job for a while, you, you can kind of just feel the stagnation at times and running provides like an outlet where you can see that tangible progress. Um, but, you know, it's important to know that running is great and it allows you to see that progress, but also it's not the only way that you can see the tangible progress. Um, There are so many other things to get that sort of positive feedback loop from. Um, And I think, you know, most runners do reach a point where they don't see the progress anymore and they stall. And for some people that's because you peak and you're just kind of done with that. Or for other people, it's like, it's not as huge of a priority in their life. They can't commit to training. You know, you would probably have to train like 12 hours a week and you just don't have the time to do that to like reach the next level. And so you almost like reach this fork in the road of like, gee, is like I used to run because I like to see the progress, but now I have to run for other reasons. And I think it's really important when runners do reach that point, or if you reach the end of a marathon training cycle, it's important to still have those points in your life where you can do personal growth activities um, and understanding that running doesn't have to be the only way to grow personally. Um, And there are other outlets for that. Like maybe you decide you're going to take up yoga or tennis, um, golf. There's so many other ways to see tangible progress. And I think we get so comfortable in the one personal growth activity that we're really um, good at or really into at the time. And then we kind of forget that there's other outlets to get that same um, personal growth opportunity. And sometimes you kind of like reach the ceiling of, you know, whatever, maybe it's your corporate job. Maybe it's, you reach the ceiling of your running. Um, and you just kind of have to be patient. And so sometimes in a runner's career, it may make sense to add something else on your plate that can become that personal growth tool for you. So Jason, what are some things that you've done in your life outside of running since you've kind of like peaked there that have helped you like to just become more, to 
see that tangible growth personally, like maybe it's with your career or, um, you know, other hobbies that you've sustained that like kind of give that same satisfaction. Cause I think that's often what runners are kind of getting hooked on. So what is like your advice and what are some things that you've had to like pivot and focus on instead of becoming like this crazy running machine running, you know, Mm-hmm. all this elite stuff yeah yeah I definitely think there's you know there's been quite a few over the years from uh thinking about graduate school and attending uh to further your education um also just doing like research for whatever your interests are and obviously for me it's been around running and um you know becoming a parent was huge too because learning a lot about just balancing and how to become a better parent and spouse I think that those have been huge so thinking about like just personal growth. Um, but professional growth, I think has been really valuable just because it's so relatable to running. And, you know, I've obviously my profession is in the health and fitness industry, so it's, it's directly relatable to me, but I can also get re-inspired through that and through helping others. So for me, it's been fairly, you know, it's been positive. And then, you know, also just focusing on, like you said, the other things you can do that are going to help, um, strengthen you as a runner. So the cross training, the strength, uh, your nutrition, just making sure that you're, you're doing the little things that are going to help you, you know, when you get back into it. Um, and you know, that'll give you that extra edge that you maybe were lacking when you were so blindly just focused on the running. Um, so I think that it's good to just look through it from a different lens and to hopefully help, um, gather some new, new knowledge or new information about something else that's going to help you that you can actually apply. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's important to know that, you know, it's going to be different for everyone too, right? So we're talking about, oh, you can get really into nutrition or yoga or whatever. Um, One thing that really helped me, like I am really, really bad at finding other things for personal growth. Like, you know, I listen to podcasts, read books. Um, But one thing that I found the last two years that I actually really enjoy, which prior to that I like didn't like at all, was yoga. And so someone might hear that and go, oh, I hate yoga. I am not interested. I don't want to do it. And it's like, that's fine, but there's other things. So I think it's just important to kind of branch out and figure out like what it is that you like to do. So we have a lot of friends who are runners. They like to golf. And that's something that I'm sure you can get better at with time. So maybe that's completely not what you're into. That's, I, I hate golf. Like I have no interest in, in becoming a golfer or getting better at golf. But, you know, maybe there's something that you've tried in the past that you're like mediocre, like average at or you feel like comfortable doing or you're just interested by it. Um, That is just one way to know that that could be something that interests you and allows you as an outlet for personal growth. And, you know, for me, like yoga and strength training have been been huge, but I'm sure like I'll reach, you know, a ceiling with that too. And then you kind of have to like go on to the next activity. Um, Maybe you want to learn how to paddleboard or, or wakeboard or whatever. Um, there's just so many things that you can learn how to do. I know in the winter around here, it's really interesting. People get really into like downhill skiing or cross country skiing. Um, and I think it's just another way that you can like learn and grow and develop new skills. So even within the realm of skiing, you know, like it, it you can develop a lot of skills or, or ice skating. Um, there's different levels of every sport and every, um, activity that you can do. And I think, that's kind of the beauty of all the different activities out there is you can start as a beginner and then see yourself progress. And I think, you know, as you reach more of like the ceiling limit of, okay, like I've, I've been doing yoga, I've been doing strength training for a while. I don't really see progress anymore, you know, and it's been a couple of years. Maybe it's time to like see if there's a different way you can incorporate it. Maybe that means you're going to try a different like yoga class or studio. You're going to like go up in weights, 
Um, maybe you'll try a different style of lifting. Maybe you'll, you know, try a CrossFit lifting session or, you know, go to heavier weights. Um, or it may be doing something completely different. Maybe you just kind of take a break from those activities and go into something that's always been interesting to you. Like I know a lot of athletes will transition to the triathlon because they just want something different. They like the idea of the variety of doing swimming and biking and it's just good to like have a new challenge and I think that's the biggest thing that holds a lot of people back is they like running because they like to see the tangible progress that you make and they like the challenge Um, but where you kind of can start running yourself into the ground is when you just think that that's the only way that you can see this personal growth and have those um, feelings of like satisfaction and all the release of like serotonin and everything that goes on with you know that long term putting a ton of training in and seeing the results and I think all runners eventually will get to a point where they stop seeing that result and they stop seeing the personal growth from running um so it's just really important to kind of take it for what it is and then you know understanding that just because you're not seeing the progress anymore doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to grow in other areas of your life and just understanding that Running has its time and place, um, different seasons for everyone. And once you kind of reach that point, it can become a different um, type of activity for you. It's just more of like staying healthy and doing something that's really easy for you because chances are if you are a runner, it's probably really easy for you to like go out and run five miles and most people would like die to be able to do that, right? Like it, you have a really um, great skill and just like all you have to do to maintain that is pretty minimal, right? I mean, it's not it's not that hard for you. So to keep it up and just to like be appreciative of what you have accomplished, I think is huge. Because um, once you get to like a certain level, like I said, it's almost like, you know, a badge of honor and just part of your life. So you might have a little bit of different motivation going forward if you're someone who's been running for, you know, 10 years versus if it's your first um, couple of years, but there's always new goals to train for, for sure. Um, so hopefully th- this was helpful. I know a lot of people kind of struggle with taking time off. I've obviously struggled with it. Jason apparently has never struggled with it. He's, he's the pro here at taking time off. And I'm sure some people listening, uh, or maybe they didn't listen at all because they don't struggle with this. Um, th- you know, some people just don't have an issue doing this. And it's the same as like if you were to go on a vacation, right? Like some people, they can just go on vacation mode, turn everything off and relax. Um, maybe more of like a type B personality. Whereas someone like me, um, for me to go on vacation, it's really hard to relax. It may take me a couple of days. I'm the whole time, like maybe I'm fighting myself internally, like don't work, don't work. Right. Um, so I think it's just really important to kind of recognize, um, yourself and learn things about yourself. And then, if you're struggling with it, that just is an opportunity for you to grow in that area. And the more that you like lean into the discomfort, the easier it becomes um, later in your life and further down the road. So if you ever have any questions or you want to work with a coach one-on-one, we do a free seven-day trial for anyone who's interested. You can visit our website at www.runforprs.co, fill out the form on our website and get you set up chatting with a coach today. We also do phone consultations and just training consultations. So if you ever have any questions about your training or your background, we would love to chat more with you. So take the time to fill out the form there. And thank you so much for listening.